Brad and Glenda Pius. Thank you so much for sewing into Morning Drive Bible. Without your commitment and support, this initiative couldn't come to fruition. Greetings from Jerusalem. My name is David Nekratman. And my name is Scott Kahn. And welcome to Morning Drive Bible. And last time, David, we simply stopped abruptly in the middle in order to openly get our listeners to come back again for more. You know what, Scott? I want to just be mean to you. I want to just do a whole bunch of name calling okay. to get my point across. Good. Right? I'm all for it. It's, it's, it happens to be every day. I believe in it. That's what I do to people I disagree with. I don't actually argue on the merits. No, I just call them names and hope that they cry and walk away and therefore I win. Yeah, exactly. I think that's how we should be. That's the finest form of argumentation. I agree 100%. Good. No, okay. don't. No. no, no. That's a I terrible thing to say. I should agree. I should agree. <laughs> you <at> fool. <laughs> Scott, I think what's amazing about the last 10 episodes and discussing a very controversial subject like this and seeing the gamut of Orthodox Rabbinic Judaism dealing with the subject from the strands of the conservative aisle along with the strands within the liberal progressive aisle. It's a complicated issue, but we've never made fun of each other. Until now. Until now, right? <laughs> Just for the pure entertainment of what we usually see on 24-hour cable news network, that even though you're going to bring somebody on that represents a certain position, if you come from the left side, you're going to trash that person. If you go on the right of it, then everyone is going to trash you for your left progressive liberal position. I think one of the things that lacks, and I'm not alone in this, obviously, one of the big lacks in modern discourse, in discourse on TV and off TV, is the fact that we vilify our opponents, that if somebody, let's say, is pro-life, someone who's pro-choice hates babies. And doesn't care about murder. Whereas someone who is pro-choice will look at somebody who's pro-life and that person will say he couldn't care less about women's rights. That person is backward. This name calling ends discussion rather than furthers it. We'll never come to a meeting if we keep on throwing different epithets at different people. Now, the bottom line is that when I think when it comes to abortion, we're never going to necessarily come to a meeting of the minds because there's a fundamentally different assumption from each camp. One says that it's a person, one says that it's not, and those can't be bridged. But at least we can bridge in discussion and dialogue so we know where we're coming from instead of just throwing names at each other. Right. So that's a personal discussion that we're having within Orthodox Judaism in regard to this issue. But what we were discussing last time was, what does the state do? Because at the end of the day, these decisions have ramifications. And I was arguing for a more fusion of what we call synagogue and state. And you're talking about in Israel. I'm talking about in the state of Israel. Abortion is legal. It is done. Uh, it's done in front of a committee. 99% of the decisions in that committee is allowing abortion to happen, even though it might not necessarily follow Jewish law. And when Yehuda Glick who was a member of Knesset, tried to introduce a rabbi into the committee. Even the Orthodox world became outraged for allowing the rabbinical establishment to make a decision on the woman's uterus. And within Israel, even if one believes that there should be a separation of synagogue and state or church and state, call it what you will, even if one believes that, when it comes to abortion, it's a little more complicated. Because if somebody sincerely believes that a fetus is... We know not 100%, but kind of a human being, then 
it becomes no longer a religious issue so much as a moral issue dictated by religion. And therefore, it's not the same as imposing a certain form of marriage or deciding that you know babies have to have circumcisions. We're talking about something completely different now. We're talking about actual moral law, the right and the necessity of the state to protect its citizens. And if that fetus is a citizen of sorts, then it's not merely a matter of religion. That said... I said that I was a bit nervous because once you allow the rabbis, whoever they may be, to get a finger in there legally so that they can make these decisions, part of Jewish law also, as it's manifest nowadays in the world, is the fact that I can ask my own rabbi, my own halachic authority, my own authority in Jewish law, how I should behave, and I'm not beholden to somebody else's rabbi. Once we have official state-sanctioned rabbis, to me, that's a very slippery slope, which I'm very scared of. Okay, but would you consider a position where our tax shekels, not dollars, we have shekels in Israel. We have dollars too. <laughs> yes, that get transferred into That's true. Okay. Uh, shekels, but we're working on a shekel-based economy that my tax shekel shouldn't cover the abortion of someone else. Part of the problem is, once again, slippery slope. Slippery slope You can't again. decide with your taxes that my- We do. We don't want public transportation on the Shabbat, right? Right. Tax shekel shouldn't go to the violation of Shabbat. This is a big issue. I, and I agree, it's a, it's a big issue within the faith community. But here, when we're dealing with the issue of life, it seems like there's carte blanche, the allowance of but wait, what would tax you shekels to cover in an abortion. So what would you suggest? Would you suggest no, that somebody who wants to have an abortion should has to for, pay for it privately? Private, yeah, privately. And what if that person can't afford it, and yet there's danger to the life of the mother? Oh, so there there we go. That's uh, that, where the but, organizations but, but, come in. But here's the problem. In other words, once you allow well, say, what, oh, what, oh, that's different now. Right. Now, that's different. So that's but, your slippery slope exactly, argument. Exactly. You just get back into where you haven't solved anything. You're back where you started, where all of a sudden the government is deciding what life is when the mother's life is at risk, when the baby's life is at risk. To me, governments aren't usually very efficient. You're, you sound like a libertarian, Scott. I'm not officially libertarian, though I would argue that I have libertarian tendencies. <laughs> and I'm still pro-choice. Come on, I'm still right. saying this. I, right. I, this, you're, is, this is a contradiction. Scott is you know, walking, in, he's walking in the contradiction. You know here. something? One of the great rabbis of the past century, Rabbi Soloveitchik, who was one of the preeminent halachic and philosophical authorities of Orthodox Judaism. He died in 1993. He says, and I have a quote in one of my books over here, in discussing the state of Israel, and he was a, a Zionist, he was very pro-Israel, he says that there should be a separation of church and state in Israel. He said that the state should not mandate religion. That's probably a better way of putting it, because I'm sure, like most of us, we do want to have some elements of Judaism in the state of Israel. It's not the same as in the United States. And yes, Israel is a Jewish state, not just a state where Jews live. But he says there should be no government mandating or forcing of religious norms. And here we get to a difficult question. Is abortion or the lack thereof, a religious norm or a moral norm? And that's a very difficult question. And that's your slippery slope argument. So we're back where we started. Wow. I, th I think, David, next episode, we're going to have to get back to the Bible again, because into the sources, we're, this is incredible conversation. But I'm not sure we're getting anywhere. <laughs> we are. Yeah. We are. The, the point is to having the discussion, and we hope that people will spread the podcast around and seeing that you can have a healthy discussion about the issue without name-throwing or trying to, I don't know. Well, you know what it is, David? A big part of it is the fact that we're trying to show, and I think our larger point is this, that there's such a thing as nuance. Correct. Things are not black and white. Things are complicated. And anything which you can describe on a bumper sticker probably is more complicated than that or it's not a serious issue. Exactly. So 
to our listeners, thank you so much for all the feedback you've been giving us and the questions. But we're not done. We're not done. We're not done. We've got more to do. Yeah. We're going to continue the subject matter because it's important. We haven't totally gone through all the issues per se within in Jewish thought because we're dealing with almost, who knows, almost 3,000 years of, of dealing with this issue. Yeah. It's not something new. It did not start in 1973. Exactly. Unless that's BCE. <laughs> <laughs> then maybe it did. I'm Scott Kahn. I'm David the Krutman. Blessings from Jerusalem. Thank you.